reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out of the shocks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, My name is Robert Hawkins. Approximately seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. Um, if you found this, if you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all save one, shall follow. They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of our film fiction and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, sir? Uh, it's going all right, except having a little bit of uh, audio issue. So apologies if I don't sound as good as usual tonight. All right, no worries. Uh, you sound pretty good all in all, but uh, you can always uh, work on it another day. And uh, in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? I'm doing all right. Excellent. Um, for folks who are curious and who've stumbled upon us, we are the Dark Discussions podcast, part of the Dark Discussions News Network, a podcast that's been around for... Uh, about 12 years, uh, over 530 episodes. The 530 episode will be released tomorrow. Uh, today's date, as we record this, for folks who are curious, because sometimes these episodes do not come out the very next week after they're recorded. Uh, sometimes they sit in the queue for a month or two, or even longer. Uh, today is April 21st, 2022. Uh, for some of our listeners like Pam, who are always curious. Um, this is what we do here at Dark Discussions Podcast. Uh, Dark Discussions Podcast is a podcast that talks about uh, films. So horror films, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, cult films, drive-in films, foreign films, all sorts of uh, uh, quirky stuff. And basically we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Um we do uh, have an email at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Um, the website, once again, is darkdiscussions.com, where you can also email us through the menu at the top of any page. There's a link called Contact Us, and a box will pop up, and you can email us that way as well. We will, e we will read your emails on the podcast. Um, also, uh, Dark Discussions News Network has a number of other podcasts on the network, plus articles and release notices and things of that nature. Also, Eric, uh, what else do they have on darkdiscussions.com? 
Um, well, on every page you will see a Patreon badge. Patreon is the service that allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like us. If you would like to do so, you can follow the badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com or you can go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions. For $5 a month that you care to donut, donut. I always do that. Yum, I'm love, hungry now. I, I love donuts. Mm, uh, donut. For every $5 a month that you care to donate, you'll have the opportunity to submit a topic for us to possibly do a show on. Uh, we take all the submissions from our patrons and draw one at random on a quarterly basis. So if that's something that you would like to do, we appreciate any and all contributions. All right, very good, very good. And um, anything that you do donate is greatly appreciated, and we thank the handful of folks that do. Um, all right, so um, basically um, – We'll have maybe some other things at the end of the podcast we'll discuss, such as news or uh, things that we've been watching. Uh, but we'll leave that to the end of the podcast, assuming we have time after discussing our topic tonight. And with that, I guess we can get into our topic tonight. So, uh, Eric, uh, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the movie currently available for digital rental, Cosmic Dawn. Do you know how much I love you? She didn't die. She disappeared. Looking for something in particular? I'm just browsing. Maybe I could recommend something. Elise? She's a visionary. Her mother abducted June 8, 1997. How do you know that? Her witnesses, just like you. Let's make our best effort to make Aurora feel at home. to find you, Aurora. Your mother said she loves you. Well. Jump. Stop! There's someone here. Ah! Ah! Why didn't you tell me? I was protecting you. They're waiting for you. Do you know how much I love you? That's right. Cosmic Dawn is a 2022 uh, film, uh, sci-fi, thriller, horror type film is what it's called. Uh, the film uh, was directed by someone named Jefferson Maneo, and it was also written by Jefferson Maneo. Um, uh, he is... Um, I guess uh, he could be Canadian and American because uh, he he was born in Canada, but he went to Columbia University and all this other stuff in the States. But either way, uh, he uh, is the man behind the film. Uh, the film stars a handful of folk, um, most notably Camille Rowe as the lead, Emmanuel Cricky. Uh, and Antonia Ziggers as two co-stars, as well as Joshua Burge. Uh, 
as well. Uh, those are probably the four main uh, actors among a handful of other folks. Oh, uh, just, yes. just so you know, uh, the only reason I know this is because I heard somebody say it on a commentary. Uh, you pronounce that last name. Her name is Emmanuel Shrieky. Ah, Shrieky. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, there's uh, a horror movie name if I ever heard one. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think one of her first <laughs> roles was actually in the wrong turn. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's that is a, a generally it's a French, uh, Moroccan, French last name. So it's um, um, as as folks know, a lot of uh, Moroccan folk um, became citizens of France, and a lot of them came over and ended up in Canada as well. And it appears the cast is all Canadian, including Emmanuel Creaky, uh, who was born in Montreal, Quebec. So um, my guess is every this is a 100% Canadian film, even if some folks may have a little roots in the U.S. of A. Um, so um, we will uh, give our thoughts on this film and how we heard about it. Um, so I will start since uh, I brought the film up to attention. Um, I saw uh, it pop up on uh, Apple um, and, and their list of uh, horror and thrillers and all that stuff. And uh, I saw that it was Cosmic Dawn, which is, uh, as uh, people may know, is part of the reionization of uh, the universe after the Big Bang. So it's uh, sounded science fictiony. The cover or the poster looked pretty cool because it has the red moon, which was actually in the news uh, just a couple of days ago because that's coming up within the next year or two. Um, and it appeared that it had something to do with aliens or specifically possibly the greys. And so uh, it caught my attention, and I suggested it after I checked some reviews that showed that it was around 80-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I uh, watched uh, part of it yesterday and then the rest of it this morning. Um, and um, I think the film was pretty good. Uh, actually, I liked it a lot, especially the third act. The third act was really awesome. Um, it's, a, it's a slow burn at first. Um, and uh, it goes back and forth between a four-year time frame, uh, present to then four years ago, and uh, then it all comes together at the end. And the ending uh, was a really good twist because uh, I was at one point beginning to think that it was going to be either... Spoiler uh, warning! Um Right. It, 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 I thought it was going to be one thing, so I won't do the spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> and then it turned, or even another thing, but it turned out to be exactly what it should have been. And um, so uh, I, I give it a um, an enjoyable watch and, and a big thumbs up. I, I liked it a whole lot. Uh, the last half hour was really awesome. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Okay, it feels like a raccoon digging in the trash in his search for the greys. Uh, if You'll check anywhere, true. look for anything, just for a chance to get a glimpse of a gray and the fact that he told you what he thinks the film should have been, as opposed to what the filmmakers think the film should have been, probably probably tells you something. Um, but I took a nap before I watched this, literally just finished watching it, I took a nap before I did, which was a good thing, because I, this film would have put me to sleep in that first hour or so, <laughs> first half. Um, so you're man. absolutely right, the, the last half last third whatever the final act a lot better much much better um and so and i did enjoy that 
I did not enjoy like the first half, which I didn't think was terribly well written. I didn't think it was terribly engaging. Um, in the end, I'm kind of lukewarm on this film. If you happen to, I don't know, be obsessed with grays or cult films, then I would recommend watching it. Um, otherwise, it could go either way. Uh, it's, I think it's a muddle for the beginning, and if you want to sit through all that to get to the, the second half, then go for it. Otherwise, skip it. I don't think you're going to miss a lot. All right, sounds good. Uh, Eric? Uh, I heard about this movie because Phil insisted that we do it, and so I had to watch it. And I'm mad about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not not as bad as the Scuzzy of '69 or whatever the heck that movie was that we watched, but uh, I did not. This movie held my interest zero amount. Uh, Mike took a nap before the movie. I took a nap during the movie because uh, it was so boring. I had to back up and find where I was before I fell asleep. Um, I'm. Never watching this again. Um, not happy I had to watch it. Really don't have much to say about it, so I'll probably be quiet for the rest of the night. Eric, did did you say you watched a a, uh, um, a, a director's commentary or something? On this? No. Oh, but another film with this actress in it, the one of the actresses. Yes. In it. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, sounds good. Uh, all right, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I didn't totally dislike this film. Um, it was a little weird. I think that the way they did the flashbacks was kind of disconcerting, and maybe that was their intent, but it made it confusing at times to know when I was, um, and that caused me problems trying to follow the film. So it was okay. I would have preferred a different narrative structure, Um but I don't know. It can easily be confusing to people. All right. And that, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, um, the there wasn't much differences between the way people dressed or looked between the four-year period. Um, yeah. Again, four years isn't that long, but they could have done something like maybe had one of the characters color their hair purple or something, or, or just done something that made it, it a little get different. Get her eye plucked out with an eye patcher <laughs> in the present without an eye patcher in the past. Well, and I swear the one father was wearing the exact same clothes both time periods. <laughs> well, old people do that. I know, but still. It was... I just think it could have been done a little bit better to keep the narrative flowing normal. And I know it was already messed up in a trippy way and that just made it even worse. So. All right. Sounds good. All right. So, um, it seems like, uh, it was generally, a uh, a mixed by the four of us, uh, with me, uh, liking it the most, it seems. Um, and, uh, with that, uh, Eric, uh, do we have a, a wiki? After witnessing the alien abduction of her mother as a child, Aurora joins the UFO cult, the Cosmic Dawn. Now moved on from the cult, Aurora is forced to confront her past and pursue the ultimate truth about the Cosmic Dawn. And and you can see in that description right there that it is, now that I've seen it, the split timeline. Because it's basically telling you the story. She joins the cult. And then 
she's searching for the cult or whatever that is. It's so, yeah, you have these two things. I agree with Barrett. It was not well handled. They start out with a telling you four years later or whatever it is. They, uh, they, they, they fast forward from 1997 is where the, the prologue starts. <coughs> Excuse me. Then they give you four years later and then four years earlier, and then they stop doing that. And just the timing of it early on in the film was a little jarring. Contextually, I was able to figure out when they were doing the jumps because people stopped wearing the, the uh, pajamas. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I think there are things they could have done. Spe- now, I don't know. This is obviously not a big budget film. There are things you can do like... Um, sorry. Like color grading and color shifting to to give a distinct visual impression, different hairstyles, uh, especially with a female lead. You can do like long hair versus short hair. And I guess she did have her hair up in a bun, right? Yeah, she did. Yeah. But, but you know, that, that isn't necessarily something that dramatic. Time related. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but if you're looking for like, even subtle clues to tell the audience when you're switching. Like I said, yeah, once you switched would... to, to wearing the pajamas or whatever it is at the cult, then it became a little easier to tell. Um, because yeah, you're dealing with the same characters all around. The, the reviews, most of the reviews that I read said that that, that was the, the most jarring thing. And the only thing that kept them a hundred percent sure between four years ago and, and present was the bun or, or the, the ponytail, if you prefer it. Um, and that was the only thing that was distinct uh, generally. And of course, like you said, there was points where they were wearing the, the cult pajamas and things like that. Um, that I mean, so something bit. like Lost used to have like a, a whooshing sound. Yes. Right. The transition yeah. between past and present, you know, which, which is yeah. a subtle thing. You know, a music cue, something to indicate it. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't want to see the, uh, for weird reasons, seeing the four years earlier, four years later, four years earlier, four years later, popping up every time, I think would just be distracting. Um, right. But honestly, I mean, I think that was just a minor issue in that everything else felt so laconic, so non-urgent <laughs> for the first half. Um right. It's as you start to, to, to get an idea as to some element of danger in the back half where it starts giving some momentum and starts kind of holding my attention. Yeah, yeah, I, I would concur. Um, the second half, I, I was really involved with the film, um, but most certainly the, the first half um, is a very, very slow burn um, at points. But let's be honest, Phil, this is a film that's like just totally stomping on your erogenous zones. Cause it's got aliens and cults. Right. Right. That's true. That is true. So all you needed yeah. was, was a good set of boobs and you're, you're done for the day. Maybe a dog yeah, yeah. that lives. Yeah. Yeah. Those four things made this a, a classic for sure. But uh, it did have two, which was the, 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 um, the cult and, and, uh, aliens, specifically, what could possibly be the greatest? So obviously, yeah, yeah. This is this is more my wheelhouse type of film than um, a general person, for, to, you know. For, for example, so 
um, my likeness of this film and forgiveness of the the first half may be um, more obvious uh, than than say for someone else. Um, all right, so uh, now for folks again who uh, are new to the podcast, um, Dark Discussions does not just review film. Basically, we don't just you know say you know is it good or bad, why we liked it, why we didn't. Uh, we also do a critique and dissection of the film. So at, at a certain point, not too much longer from now, we will throw up a spoiler alert and discuss anything and everything uh, in the film and give our thoughts about specific scenes and spoiler moments and uh, whatnot. Um, but before then, we will talk about um, general stuff related to the film. Um, so let's do that. Um, so uh, did it do the cult well? What was your thoughts, anyone? I thought the cult was well done, especially, I mean, the the slow move into getting her to this place and um, just just how it overall happened. Um, it was a little intimidating, this whole cult, I thought, just in how they were operating and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, I mean, they, they, they did their enough research on cults in general to figure out I felt how they would work um, kind of reminded me of that um, I forget the name of the cult but the one in California with the, the something what it, called? it like was Heaven's the one Gate? Where, yeah that's the one thank you that's the one yeah yeah, yeah kind of reminded me of that how they dressed because you're, you know any of the pictures you've seen of them the people are dressed in these weird pajama type clothing uh, well, and the movie could go either way, the way it's it's filmed until the end. You know what I mean? So you don't know if they are just a cult or if what they believe is real or any of that, which I thought yeah. was kind of neat. Yeah, I, I think that was the, probably the strongest part of the of the movie, uh, actually, uh, besides obviously the, the third act just being pretty good uh, itself, uh, was uh, confusing us, the, the viewers, whether or not uh, these are all just damaged people and uh, if the cult is just, um, well, a cult. And, and they have you think it's going one way a couple of times where are they – um, just crazies like unfortunately the, the Heaven's Gate folks were or is our lead actress her character just a uh, unreliable narrator character or is there going to be something that will show us that actually the, the cult is real or not and they, they kept it going quite well to figure out which way they were going by things that happened with the leader, like the leader, Elise. Um, she knew a lot of things about a lot of people that she shouldn't know, but a lot of that stuff that she does know, you know, could have just been her doing research or found stuff, uh, um, through, you know, these online, um, uh, background check companies or whatever, 
Um, and then they have things where you find out that she was in a in a home for for the mentally uh, challenged, you know, people that have mental issues, behavioral health issues. So is she just crazy? Well, and her uh, sidekick kind of seems kind of expiish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, whether he came, he came from uh, some military hunter from a foreign government at one time, or like you said, he's a, a some sort of military guy that did undercover stuff or, or whatever. So, so yeah, there, there, a lot of a lot of things. Uh, were developed, I think, pretty well for the cult. So I, I think the cult was pretty strong, um, and they were creepy enough to make me say, "I'm out of here. These people are just freaks." Um, well, no, it was again yeah. one of those things where they're off in a remote area too, which is a you know a harbinger of a cult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the whole yeah, thing reeked of cult the moment she walked into the damn bookstore. I mean. Oh yeah, but. <laughs> I, I and that, that was part of my problem was like how dumb is this woman? Um, because it just reeked of cultishness. Um, starting with the invite. Well, I, I concur on that statement, Mike. But um, based off of how they build the character, the lead character Aurora, um, I, I think for her to have lost her mother um, through what she thinks is an alien abduction years ago. And not having any parents and, and being forced to live with an aunt or an uncle, which or, or a grandparent for that matter. I mean, that, that's that's actually a good thing because you have someone that loves you that will take you in. But, you know, you're always going to look at yourself as different. You know, when you go to school and people ask you, so uh, how's your mom and dad? Uh, I don't have a mom and dad. So I, th- I think. She was vulnerable. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I understand well, she's vulnerable, but there's a lot of people who lose their parents as a well, child and have to be or raised by a, by another relative. Um, I have an example. Sometimes you don't realize you're going to one of those things. Like I had a friend who was doing one of these self-help things. He's like, Hey, come along with me. And I went along with him and it turned into one of those types of things. And you don't always know that's what it's going to turn into before you go. And then once you do go, it's easy to get sucked into something like that for some people, not everybody. No, but yeah, I don't think this is a loses their parents either, but I, I could see where they were going for this character, but go on, Mike. I mean, I don't think this is just a simple self help thing. I like I said, I think that I mean you know, we can always make the argument that it's um it's just a movie, so they have to you know, deal with it quick, but no, I think we were well ahead of where she was, uh, as the audience. Yeah. You know, and and I agree with, and and that and that does not do anything to like build suspense, um, at least for me, right? There's no curiosity. There's like, nope, she's going to a cult. She's getting, so, and then you get into the cult, and then you're like, yep, totally a cult. Um, and then you basically spend the rest of it confirming she's in a cult without ever going anywhere. For me, that felt particularly dangerous, and therefore, again, for that first half. There's there's no suspense. She seems to buy into it almost completely. Um, so there's not a lot of friction. The the most you get is Tom, right? That was his name. That's correct. Yeah, Tom is the the husband of 
um, the girl that worked at the bookstore that got her to join the, the cult, and that girl's name, or woman, I should say, is Natalie. Natalie, Natalie. Natalie or Z for Zena. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, and even he is just more bemused by it. He's like, oh, I'm here, I'm just kind of rolling with it. He, you know, he doesn't like completely buy into it. But it's not like he's right. really doing much to directly challenge it. He's not saying, Elise, you're full of horse shit. This is all stupid, you know, which also would have been going too far in the other direction. Um, but again, there was never there was not a sense of real danger or jeopardy. But there was a musical number. So spoiler warning. Right. <laughs> well, well, that, I, I don't I don't think they're, yeah, they're, I, I agree. They, they didn't feel like much danger at all at, at, at first. Obviously, it was a little weird that Suzuki uh, one of the members, uh, at least that's what her last name was in the movie. Um, she, uh, Mizuki, I'm sorry, Mizuki, not Suzuki. Uh, Mizuki, she carried a, uh, a shotgun with her, and that was kind of disturbing. Um, but generally, the thing that was disturbing wasn't necessarily the threat of violence or force, but the thing that was disturbing was that they're just a cult, and cults are weird. Uh, and and no disrespect to people who may listen to this show that uh, are in what some folks may call cults. Um, I would think generally the general audience that would be watching this film wouldn't wouldn't feel comfortable. When you're in a cult, you don't think it's a cult. This type of uh, right, thing. exactly. <laughs> it's not a cult. That's true. That is true. Just what you yeah, believe. Yeah, so I, I would I would I would be like I was very uncomfortable the entire time, and I don't know if that's just me watching this, or if that was the intention of the filmmaker to make us, if not feel threatened and in danger, to make us feel uncomfortable and freaked out because it's, they're just weird. It's it's odd. It's it's strange. I don't know. I mean. I know, like uh, William Freakin and, and Peter Blady, taught, when they talked about uh, The Exorcist, that first 15-minute prologue uh, with all the weird things going on and and um, the quote-unquote foreign, um, uh, I guess, I guess culture that that took place in, especially back in 1970, you know, three or four when when that film came out. Um, that was intentionally to make people who are watching feel uncomfortable. And that's how I kind of felt with this entire movie while she was at the cult. So I felt they did a good job there. But again, that just may be me and my opinion of cults and my uncomfortableness seeing that shit and, and watching documentaries on that shit that make me feel that way. Um, or, Am I wrong? And, and was that intentional? And where you all felt it was weird and uncomfortable too? I think it was supposed to feel weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I didn't feel. I mean, it's culty. I've seen culty stuff before. Um, it feels normal culty stuff, so it didn't feel particularly weird. There wasn't like anything like totally bizarre that they made them do that I haven't seen before. So it, so it was weird, but within a, 
and the normal parameters of that situation. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's just one of those push buttons for me and maybe even you, Barrett, where that's enough to make me feel creeped out, you, you know, um, versus say you, Mike, which it's just that's ah, just a normal crappy cult stuff that I've seen in all of the time, you know, all the time in film or whatever. Um, what about Eric? How did, how did Eric Sorry. feel? I was very comfortable. I fell asleep. <laughs> All right, very well, very well. Guess, uh, it's truthful. It's truthful. Um, now, um, to set set it up a little more than, than what it said in the wiki IMDb, uh, basically, um, our uh, lead, uh, Aurora, as a little girl, goes out with her mom camping. Uh, for some reason, Mala leaves the tent in the middle of the night. Aurora goes looking for her, and she sees her mother in the middle of a, a stream or pond uh, calling up to the sky. And then whether it's a little girl's imagination or not, uh, her mother starts freaking out and saying, come with us, come with us, or something like that. And... Um, supposedly the mother was abducted by aliens and she was left alone. Um, and then we flash forward to her as a young adult where she lives with her, uh, uh, disabled, let me rephrase that, uh, whatever the term is now for, uh, people, um, uh, wheelchair bound. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, to be politically correct as possible. Um, and so, She's not she, wheelchair bound in the beginning. Uh, she is. She is at at the time uh, in the present time. Yeah. Yeah, in the present time, but you're talking about when she moves in with her. Oh, oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, that is true. But but we meet her in the present time, and, and the woman's in a wheelchair. So yeah, I should have said. So we go to the future, and she's living with her her aunt who's in a wheelchair. Because um, later on we get a picture of her with her aunt walking. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what happens is that she begins to think that people are always following her and whatnot. And eventually we get an idea that um she is a quote unquote escapee from a cult. Um but even before she's even in the cult, she has some weird moments where people are following her as well. And um, she runs into a bookstore to avoid this this person that's following her, a woman. And she meets uh, Natalie, and Natalie offers her this book, who coincidentally is, is written by the woman that was following her. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the beginning of the setup. Um, well, you do see, um, a, a prologue of her camping out with her mom. In yeah. A lunar eclipse. Um, a little bit. So go, go on. And, 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 and she's complaining that she's cold and she's tired. And like Eric, she wanted to fall asleep. Um, and mom won't set a fire because it would ruin the light to see the eclipse by. 
and you know, but she's I want to go to sleep. So she tucks her in and says, you know how much I love you? Not enough to set a fucking campfire and keep you warm at night. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was that was that was me. But uh, and then mom gets abducted or something happens with flashy lights. She screams. And that's where we fast flash forward. And I think for me, this was a big thing because we, we just get thrust into her current life. We don't really get a lot about her and, and what her situation is. So it's hard for me to really hold on to and identify with the character to begin with. All we know is that she was like at some point like a 10-year-old girl or something and had an alien encounter. I think seeing some more of her life before she walked into the bookstore might have helped me get more involved in what was happening with her. Right, right. Yeah, all right. And that's a fair point because that may have been part of the confusion, like you said, Mike, um, when you said that, you know, not everybody who um, is, uh, I guess, orphaned by with the death of parents and, and has to live with another family member becomes, um, I guess, uh Slightly messed up. And, right, I and, guess yeah, because it's not making her a character, it's making her more of a plot device to get us into the cult. Does that follow? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sure does. So, um, the woman at Natalie invites her to a couple of meetings at the back of the bookstore. Um, and being a, uh, either a curious person or a lonely person um, and having now the book of uh, from one of the members of the, the cult or group, if you prefer, um, she, she goes ahead and um, goes to the meetings and she meets Elise, who is the leader. It's a, a woman who um, I guess is kind of like, um, the Jim Jones to to be uh, the best the, description I can the, think of. Yeah, the Jim Jones, the Charlie Manson, uh, the yeah. uh, Tom Cruise, whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, the thing that I think gets her really interested in the cult, besides, I guess having some sort of friends was that Elise was able to point out things about her life that she didn't think someone should know about, um, including the abduction and and stuff. So that kind of make, makes you question like what's going on. Uh, but again, you can guess that, okay, well that she already was following Aurora around. Uh, she may have already, you know, did one of those database s- searches, um, background check searches, and got this information. And so we, we really can't tell if Elise just knows this information or if she is setting up Aurora. Am I right to think that at this point? Yeah. Um, and she definitely has some crazy looks (laughs) yeah 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 the woman that plays the the um the boss she's she's definitely uh was well casted um so 
we get her come back to the to this thing where they're going to do karaoke and all that other stuff, and they invite her to a outing um, with the group. And at first she freaks out and doesn't want to do it, but um, Natalie convinces her, and so she agrees to go. And and that's pretty much the setup for the past. The past. Um, now for the present, what's the setup for that part? What, what did you get out of that? What, what was it? Was it her? What made her start deciding to search out for Tom again? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I just know she got this urge to start looking for him and then for the cult. And she seemed to want to get, um, Natalie free, uh, his, his wife. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that seemed to be her vague motivation. (laughs) Right. Right. But I'm not sure. I, I almost feel like, um, She's been set up to do this um, mentally. Like from her first. Go ahead. ahead. Did you think that right away? Um, I felt like she was doing things that someone who had gotten out of a cult would not do (laughs) in, in hunting them down again. So I felt like there was something there. Um that they had done to her that she didn't realize. Well, here's the thing. Um, Based on things that happen literally in the last five minutes of the film, one could argue that there's a reason why her behavior is atypical of people in a cult. uh, And that it can make arguably make some sense that that covers uh, a multitude of sins. Uh, But the the problem with that is that you, you, you don't know that at the time. And, that makes it again, that buy-in is a little more questionable, right? Right. I agree. Okay. Yeah. That's a, a good way to look at it. Um, so let's, let's talk about this Tom guy. Um, so Tom, like we said, it, based off of uh, some of the stuff we see later in the film is the, Husband of Natalie, the the woman that gets her got Aurora into the cult, um, and in the future, four years later, uh, Tom's um, wife is what we assume is still locked up in this cult, and so she goes to his house, and he's not happy to see her. Obviously, he wanted to move on with his life, or so it seems, uh, but. Uh, after a bit of uh, harring and hemming, hemming and harring, he allows her in, and, and they rekindle some of their friendship. And she um, steals uh, a thumb drive from him, and uh, that's when when the, the present part of the film, I guess, starts to set off. I guess. Did I miss anything that that is important to that part. Uh, I don't think so. And part of it's possibly because I just, you know, the many different turns and twists were hard for me to follow at times. So right. I might've, uh, like, I might've missed something. <laughs> and there's issue. Well, like for example, 
Um, I'm not saying that this is a, a, a wrong way to do it, but like we meet Dieter, who is uh, uh, one of the cult members in the Flash Forward, and um, but we don't know who he is at the time. Right, so she's telling thing, him to leave her alone, right? Yeah, we, we end up meeting these characters, cult characters, in the future before we meet them in the past. And so as maybe they're that they're meant to give a sense of mystery where to me it just made it I wasn't inter- I wasn't curious as to who they were. I wasn't curious it just felt more confusing to me and maybe that was just my mindset. Um I don't know if it would have been better if we had met them first in the past at the cult. Um but anyway that 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 was again a structural issue like that that didn't work for me. Yeah, and that, that's fair. Actually, even um, the 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 thing that happens to the cult leader, um, and we learn what happens to her very late in the film. I think would have been more dramatic if we knew about it earlier. Uh, so, for example, when she. Um, watches the zip drive and sees the video on the zip drive and um well all right at this point let's let's throw up the spoiler alert because we're going to yeah. talk a little spoilers here so uh the spoiler alert is up so now we're going to talk about everything and anything um so she watches the zip drive and she sees this very uh, uh shocking scene where the body or, or or i guess the woman is sleeping surrounded by Dieter and a few others in the cult, including Mizuki and whatnot. And she suddenly opens her eyes and they're like green. And the startling thing is, is that we learn from uh, Tom through his conversation with Aurora that uh, Elise, the leader, was already dead. And what you know? What, what did that mean and stuff? And and how she does die and what we see later in the film. Um, that suspense that was pretty cool. But to know how she died or see how she died even before seeing that that video, kind of would have um, I may make that video more dramatic. I think. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. And and. And so that was the mystery is that we see what happens to Elise later in the film instead of earlier. I don't, I don't know if that's a structural thing to you, Mike, but to me, um, that was my main structural thing that I think could have made the, the story more interesting. Yeah. I just, I think there's a lot of things that probably could have helped. Um, this idea, I guess, that maybe the, the alien abduction and the cult would be enough to keep the story interesting, uh, to me, just just isn't the case. Uh, again, it may just, mileage may vary, as is all subjective. Um, I can't tell you that my lack of interest will translate to a, other, another viewer's lack of interest, but it didn't work for me, and it doesn't sound like the beginning really worked for any of us. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it... it uh... 
it had some issues early. That's, there's no doubt. Um, so I, w- I guess I, w- I think uh, I can speak for you too, Barrett, that you would concur that the the, the beginning was slow, right? And it had some oh yeah, just positions. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So w- let's talk a little more about um, the cult then. Uh, so she gets picked up by Dieter instead of Natalie. And she feels uncomfortable. And, yeah, I can't believe she goes with him. <laughs> yeah, well, when she gets in the van, I thought I was like, oh, that's not good. It's going to be a, a terrible film. You know, like a, a human abduction film similar to Flesh. I mean, Fresh or something like that. But <laughs> when they, oh, he opens the door of the van, I was like, oh, okay, it's a van. So there must be like five or six other people in the van. And then there's no one there. And it's like, oh, no, it is going to be one of those abduction type films. And I, I mean, abduction, not aliens, but abduction by perverts. Um, well, if you got to be abducted, at least perverts will have some fun. So. Oh, <laughs> that's awful. Uh, so that, yeah, that, that I was really uncomfortable with all that. Just, so in other words, I using her as the cipher for the viewer, uh, it was working for me. I, I, I was very uncomfortable. However, everything she does, I would not have done. I, I would not be even going to any of these meetings with cults. You know, like you, Barrett, when you went with your buddy to this group. Oh, yeah, it's fine. And then you find out it's a cult. Well, I won't be coming here again. You know, Right, exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. So she she's going. And then she's going on a, a, tr- a trip with this a group of crazy people in my opinion and then in a vehicle with a guy that i wouldn't have trusted and it's not a short short trip it's like a really long one long enough for her to go to sleep for a while right just like <laughs> right. me yeah right just right. like eric well right, and I, that's, yeah, go on, Mike. I was just i think that's part of the problem right is that we know she's going into a cult Yep. And this is a problem when the audience does get ahead of the, the character, then we know there's danger. And it's sort of like the, you know, the people in the, um, in the horror movies who just decide, let's, let's all go out. Let's go, go down to the basement to investigate why no one's returned from the basement. Um, we're all shouting, don't do that. It's, it's hard to become invested when the character is doing things that are stupid because you know, things that, seem really obvious to us and we don't understand why it's not obvious to them either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and even if this wasn't a horror film, I I wouldn't be doing it. You know, I'll go back to your example, Barrett, like, well, I won't be coming back to this place. (laughs) Well, no, if we, if we, if this was a story about school children and someone pulls up in a van offering them puppies, (laughs) <laughs> we'd all be going get in get in what's wrong with you they're free puppies but you know we would all be shouting the same thing although at least then you'd have the argument well that there's they're school kids maybe they're just really stupid um but again it's hard sure. to get on board with characters that you feel you're a lot smarter than yeah yeah that's right well and and the one thing that i forgave about the character was she she was damaged. I felt she was very damaged. Um, Maybe more so than you felt, Mike, but... Well, give us some time with her to find that out. 
Yeah, okay. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to give her some time of her interacting with normal people to get the sense that there's something off and something wrong with her. Sure, sure. Yeah, and they could have done that a little more. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, oh, and then also, I think this takes place in the past, even, quote unquote, the present part of the film takes place in the past because there's really no um, internet or, or cell phones or, any, or even or, or anything like that. So, um, oh, and they, they did show a cell phone once and it, and it was like one of the old flip phones, I think. So I, I think um, if you go off the grid, you're, you're really off the grid back then. And when she gets out of the van after being driven like three hours into upstate or, or I should say, I'm sorry, the, it wasn't there the flat, the, 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 the movie like starts in 1997. Yeah. She's not 17 years old. So this isn't 2007. This is relatively modern day. Maybe yeah, it's, right. maybe it's 2015 and not 2020 or 21, but yeah, it's yeah not that she's, far she, in the past. she's been wandering around in a haze of drugs, trying to, Block out whatever you know horror this caused her. Yeah, that's true too. Because she she she's at a nightclub earlier in the film, and she's like doing Molly and all this other shit. Never mind her own psychedelic medicine um, for behavioral health issues, and she lands up in the hospital, passed out, and she admits to the doctor and her aunt does as well that she's on a, a cocktail of, of, uh, um, hallucinogenic drugs. So that's a fair point too. So that, that was another reason why I thought maybe this is going to be an unreliable narrator film, which I was immediately horrified because I was like, Oh no, Mike's going to hate this film because no, I don't mind unreliable narrator. It's a, it's a, the, the particular like bullshit psychedelic filming techniques that I, that annoy me. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, so when she gets to the, uh, gets out of the van after driving up province, uh, Ontario or wherever, she has to get in a, in a motorboat, which to an Island. So, I was like, oh no, it's, an, it's it's this is an abduction, not an alien abduction. Again, this is a sex cult slave abduction. Um, but it turns out it isn't. And what happens is she gets there, she meets Nat- Natalie and, and the rest of the crew, including Mizuki with the shotgun. And um, there's all these uh, weird statues. Um, and they claim that it's similar to like Easter Island, that they were just here and they've probably been here for years and no one knows how they got there. And it's um, the same as the symbol on her arm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know how she got that symbol, right? Apparently no, it when looks you like get... a tattoo, but. <laughs> right. And apparently when you get abducted by aliens, they tattoo you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like marking cattle, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. And, and a right. mark that looks like their face. So. Yeah, yeah, like the alien face, right, right. But but it's it's not explained at first that, right? 
I mean, no, but it's an alien face, and we saw yeah. her at the beginning with an abduction. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of figured it out. It was a little weird that they do it. I mean, I I know the alien abduction literature. Um, That's not part of it. <laughs> there's no, there's no. And then they right. gave me a wicked tat. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. So, um, you know, it's just a weird thing to put in there uh, as a visual clue, I think, to tie the characters together and make it easier right. for them to build some bonding and trust. And, hey, look, we've got a tattoo, too. Right, right, and, and you know, I, I I can forgive that because again, it's it's lore isn't as as famous as say vampire lore. Um, so if they want to add to it or change it up a bit, that's okay. Oh yeah, well they change the vampire lore all the time, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. One one of the most interesting vampire lores uh, in high school, our English teacher made us read this story, and, and I I don't remember the story. I wish I remember the name of it, but. Uh, it was about how this kid uh, got some colored glass from an old pane of from church, and using it, it's like wearing those glasses, and they live, and then you can see the insides of a vampire, and that's how he finds out that his neighbor is a vampire, and then he kills the vampire, and he starts dissecting the vampire. Um, but and that that. Is, is a new law to vampirism, which is using colored glass that, uh, or stained glass, and you can see their internals. Um, but yeah, so here, yeah, they, they do this, this thing about the tattoos abducted, you know, people that were abducted just have these weird tattoos of a f- alien face on their arm. Um, and it's not explained otherwise. Um, so, what, what, let me ask you guys this. So where did you think this was going? Because there was three things I thought. It was either going where she was just insane and because of all her psychedelics, meaning she was an unreliable narrator, that the cult was insane and they were going to do a Heaven's Gate thing. Or the aliens did exist and people thought they were insane because people just think people who say they saw aliens or believe in aliens are insane. Which way were you thinking it was going? I, w- I was not sure where they were going until I, I saw the very end of the film. I felt like it was going to go in that direction, and only because of the way it started. Um, I didn't think that was just in her head, and it, it it that's the way it felt like it was going for me. Yeah, all right. That's fair. What about you, Mike? Uh I, I wasn't thinking the psychedelic, unreliable narrator narrator route. It was very obvious those things were going on uh, to me anyway. Um, but, you know, when they're when they're trying really hard to make you think this is a dangerous, crazy cult and it's a scam, then, you know, that then the last act, they're going to pull the twist where you find out it's not. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. For some reason, I thought they were going to go the moment. I determined that it was real and it wasn't just a bunch of kooks was when Elise puts her hand on Tom's head and he becomes like hypnotized or something. Right. And that that was the moment. But that, and that was like, you still had like 10 to 15, 13 minutes, 15 minutes left of the film. So when, when is, when is the part where you see he has alien eyes? 
Is that before or after that? That's I think it's at after, the end. Right? That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the end. Yeah. 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 But until that point, he was a non-believer, and he was almost there trying to get his wife out of the cult, working with her father. Um, and then when he gets his uh her when 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 Elise puts her hand on his face and then he he just literally like is hypnotized almost like supernaturally that was the moment where it's like okay so this is they're going that route that this is a real cult that, i mean this is not just a cult this is a real alien abduction film because at that point and, and let me ask you though is it an abduction if you go willingly <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know, I mean, if we want to talk about, uh, alien films, uh, obviously the, one of the most famous and, uh, I mean, Mike mentioned it every so often, uh, is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And in that film, spoiler for a, a 40 some four year old film now, 45 year old film, um, people in that film are um, chosen by the aliens uh, in a sense. And so these, the people are then like almost like free will wise, but also almost like an addiction wise have to go to devil's tower in Wyoming at a certain day, because that's when the aliens are going to appear. And, even though it's free will, the aliens have kind of hypnotized them as well. So you could argue that here it's that way too, Barrett. Well, I would say that for her, maybe, but for the rest, well, I guess they all said they had been abducted at one point. Right. So they all wanted to go back. They all had their date. So maybe, yeah, it depends on if their mind was changed to want to go or not. We just don't know that part. Yeah. What about you, Mike? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I didn't think a whole lot about that. Um, you know, we mentioned Close Encounters. We know there's aliens because we see them <laughs> early in the film. Like, you know, no no yeah, question. Yeah. There's yeah. aliens there. Um yeah. So, uh, you don't get that here. I mean, you do, you don't, they, they, because it's a low budget film, right? They don't have Steven Spielberg and ILM, um, working for them. Um, you, you see the thing happen when she's younger and then we don't know the rest of what's going on. And God knows we've been burned by some alien abduction movies recently, uh, in which there is no aliens. Um, so who knows where they were going to go with this. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't really get the sense whether she was scamming people who've really been abducted. Um, but I, I, I guess I didn't, I, I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, In the flashbacks, Aurora 
is sucked into the plot as well, or the cult as well, and she eventually um, is a full-fledged member. And the only connection from the past, meaning meaning her non-cult world, and uh, the present is, I guess, Tom, who is working who's not really a, a cult member in a sense. He's just there because of his wife. And so he is in communication with his wife's Natalie's father, who's trying to desperately get her out of the cult. Um, and that is how Aurora begins to, um, get involved uh, about that too because her aunt joins the fight too to try to get her out of the cult as well um so um there were some hints in the film that made us wonder at least me if it was really an alien abduction film or just a crazy cult besides the prologue, which tries to set you up to believe that it's an alien cult and that, or, or at least a true alien abduction, which is when her mother says, I love you this much. And it's just like, you know, she puts her finger and thumb together and shows, a, you know, like an inch or something. And Elise does that later in the film, which shocks Aurora because no one knows about her mother doing that. And so that was when I was beginning to think, question like, okay, maybe this is a, a true alien cult. However, she's not only on drugs, uh, hallucination drugs before she joins the cult, but the cult itself gives her those type of drugs as well. So again, I was still thinking that maybe she imagined some of this stuff. Well, I have a question. Was that supposed to be cute? I only love you this much, like an inch, not even an inch. I don't think it was. I didn't find that cute. <laughs> no, I didn't either because I always read. I have a book. Here kind of creepy. That, uh, yeah. I have a book that I read to my kids all the time that I love you from here to the moon. So, you know, and that's a long distance. And so when she says, I love you this much, and it's just an inch, I, I, yeah, I thought I was disturbed well, about that, too. Well, when you're talking about yeah. aliens and interstellar travel from Earth to the moon, really is only about that much. It's not that very far. So I can see that. Yeah, huh? but, but she, she, was, she wasn't even talking about here to the I, moon. I know, I, I know, I know, I know. Um, I, it, it's, I just, yeah, I, I thought it was weird. I assume it was a thing uh, between, obviously it was a thing between them and there's background that, for weird reasons, we don't have any any context for that... Uh, probably would make more sense. But again, I really, I mean, this is part of the problem. You're, I was not emotionally, uh, emotionally or intellectually invested in the first half of the film. So a lot of these things just kind of washed over me because I, I really didn't care. Um, again, that was me. But, um, so all these issues, like I, I really wasn't thinking twice about because I, I just didn't care about the journey we were on. Sure, sure. No, that's fair. Um, 
But uh, looking at that, as as you brought it up, Barrett, to put it in context, yeah, I, I thought that was a little weird as well. Um, however, it being weird, it was the thing it that yeah, it, yeah, it fit for the for the future, you know, for their. Uh, um, Chekhov's gun for later in the film, for sure. Well, and I thought that it it encapsulated fully that the mother cared more about this alien thing than her. <laughs> in a That's weird true way. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Otherwise, she'd have had her arms wide saying, you know, I love you this much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And even when she is abducted, she's like, uh, well, if you're not coming, see you later. I don't care. You yeah, know? I know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun in the woods without me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, whether or not that is because the aliens have taken over people's minds, in a sense, um, or implanted thoughts uh, to follow, uh, may be true. Yeah, but, who knows what all those spores that they drop down are doing, right? Right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, then they also get like, oh, anyway. I have all sorts of questions that don't necessarily benefit the film, but you know, if the, this, these were aliens, what, what exactly was the point of abducting the mother and and leaving the girl behind? Of just abducting these people randomly, just so you can come back and pick them up again twenty years later or at randomly intermittent times. Um, there's no sense of larger purpose of explanation of, do they have a mission, right? They're not out there proselytizing about the coming of the greys. Um, so even then, like it's like, you're just taking, well, what if alien abductions are real? What's the point of them? Right. Let's think it through and follow the story through here. And the story here, the point is to make, you know, Eliza, our, our, our Jesus character, and have her die and come back from the dead. I don't. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, for example, in the movie uh, Close Encounters, go back to that. Um, we, we we understand even with little, the little information we get, we understand what the aliens are generally doing, which is they're choosing people, they take them, and then they return them, you know, 50 or 60 years, our time frame, but maybe only one year or less in the human time frame because of, you know, the Einstein's theory of relativity. But, oh, and, and, and then they choose new people to bring up later and they choose people that aren't necessarily important people like government officials or the president or the king or whoever they, they just pick random human beings um, for whatever reason well here you're right it's like they take the mother and they mock the daughter but they leave the daughter even though they want to come back for the daughter 20 years or 30 years later well is it like catch and release you know, they just want to wait for her to grow up a little, and then they can take her when she's full size, so she makes a good meal. Well, you, you know, uh, obviously, I don't think that the meal part is, but 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 I see your point. You're right. They they may have thought as a eight year old girl or whatever she was wasn't 
the right time and they wanted her to become an adult person, I guess. I don't know. It's a good point. I mean, but, besides, but, yeah, go on. I mean, like Close Encounters, you mentioned Close Encounters makes it pretty clear by the, I think by the end that the aliens are as new to us as we are to them, right? right. That they're trying to figure stuff out. Um, yeah. and, and so they're grabbing people kind of randomly and learning, but they're not grabbing necessarily the right people, which is why like they grab a little boy. Um, right. And this is an attempt at first communication. That right. makes more sense here. It's the aliens have a plan. We don't know what it is, you know, plan enough to have written right. a book about it and, and made a, made a forecast or, or, or you know, a, uh, uh, what do you call it? a prophecy that has to be sure. fulfilled under the blood moon of the dead returning to life. And it, it just, uh, I, I, I don't, if there's a grand scheme to this, it makes no sense to me. But again, I, because it was so, I had so much trouble in kind of engaging with the first uh, hour of the film. Then, you know, it's, I just didn't care. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, at one point I was thinking, okay, they're, they're aliens or the cult are specifically looking for a certain age group of people. You know, because if you look at Natalie, Tom, uh, uh, Mizuki, and even Aurora, we're talking, you know, you know, uh, young adults. But then you look at the, the leader, and then you look at Dieter, you know, they're, they're uh, middle age, for, for example. So I, I had to rule that out. So, if the aliens were picking people by and thinking like the a ten year old is too young and they have to wait until they hit a certain age, then the age gap between Dieter and Elise to the rest of the cult kind of rules that scenario or that hypothesis out too, so I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Unless, yeah, like you said, maybe, maybe, well, the Red Moon had something to do with it, but they didn't explain it well enough to say that's the reason why everybody's waiting until the Red Moon. But again, why did they take the mother, you know, 20 years ago or, or, or whatever, you know? So I don't know. It would have been cool if we heard some of the stories of the, the other members like Mizuki story. I mean, we hear a story, you know, they talk about 15 seconds, like my story happened on this day and, and I was gone abducted or, or my father was abducted and whatever, but they didn't go into detail. And if they just did one of those stories in detail, maybe that would have given us enough information to explain what happened Uh, because they don't even have our lead Aurora give her mental uh, beliefs or or whatever of what happened you know we, we see what happens based off of a 10 year old girl but we don't see enough to really know what any of it meant except that her mother disappeared and it may have been aliens so I don't know um, what about you Barrett did, did you have any idea why the red moon and why the cult was, or, or the aliens were coming back later instead of just taking everybody at the at, at the original time? 
what do you mean by the original time when the mother was taken? Well, any any of the cult members, right? Because they all had their oh, why were they brought back? Um, maybe this is like a data collection. So they take them, they check them at one point, and then they pick them up. You know, they put them back, and then they pick them up so many years later and get whatever happened between then and now. That's all I can think yeah. of, but it's not explained at all. No well, reason. but again, then why are they picking these people up? Right, because they go through and they say. Uh, I was abducted and they ranged from like, I think 1985 all the way up to like 2015, right? There's a, there's a pretty healthy range of when people are being abducted here. Oh yeah. So I, I, again, so that even that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, because if if you're trying to look at as a, you know, it's not the one is chosen for, for reasons. She's chosen when the others are not, and she's chosen to be there when one character dies and comes back from the dead because nobody else is, because one character is chosen to, I, I don't know, I, it, it's, the, the whole mechanism of what the aliens are up to, not that it matters, and you can, and people want to chalk up, well, they're aliens, they work in mysterious ways, all right, fine. Uh, really, but does that make a satisfying story? Right. Does it make a satisfying story? Is there a satisfactory explanation? Uh, I don't know that you need to have one, but for a story that just is not engaging, I'm reaching at try to find ways that it might in some way have made it more engaging from the start. Right. Um, you mentioned the getting the background of some of the other characters. I think that's absolutely an issue here because, all these cult members, you know what they act like? They act like cult members. And there's not anything really interesting about cult people. Um, nobody has a real personality. Even Z, who seems like a normal girl, once she ends up with the cult, it's just sort of, um, she's a cult girl. Right. No, that's true. And, well, and also <clears throat> for Aurora, what was her, why was she more special than everybody else? Right. So there's all all of these things are, are questions that I have. Um. Well, let me let me throw this one out too, because I was kind of looking at this too, because based off of what happens at the, the very end, it it almost was like a. Uh, a religious film rather than even an alien adoption film or that God is aliens or, or something because when they go through the portal to the other world, which is basically like a heaven or in this case, the cosmic dawn or ionization, it's, it's like kind of like the pearly gates in a sense. Um, and you're you're together again with your loved ones and and whatnot. So is this a metaphor for death and or the afterlife that there is an afterlife as well? I mean, you could look at this film maybe that way too. Well, because I think it's confused. I don't. It, to me, it started with the ooh, what? It, would it be cool if there was a cult? 
with based on alien abductions and everyone in the cult was abducted by aliens. And at the end, we find out that it's a real cult and there really are aliens and it's all true. And I don't think they ever thought it through the rest of the way to me right. or, 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 or it, aliens. And it was true. However, when you go to the alien plane, it's actually heaven and not even like a spaceship. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Because it was kind of like that, right? I mean, it was almost like a different dimension they went to. And and when I say different dimension, I'm not talking about space-time. I'm talking about, like, the afterlife. Yeah, well, they went to whatever their budget could afford. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's true, too. I mean, they didn't, they didn't have the budget. But, I mean, they could have just used, like, some uh, interior of a, uh, a meat meat uh refrigerator and and made it look like an alien um metal walls on a spaceship but what they chose to do is make it like they were in a cosmic heaven in a sense because they're they're walking on you know like in space like and when i say space i'm not talking space time i'm talking about like uh galaxies you know and I don't know. I mean, I mean, it kind of was like th- they were trying to do um, like poltergeist, but actually show what Carol Ann was actually seeing, if that makes sense, versus the people on Earth, uh, you know, in the house talking to Carol Ann were actually in Carol Ann's um, perspective when Aurora walks through the, the, the gate. Uh, what about you, Barry? You haven't uh, mentioned what, what did you think about the possible heaven aspect of this film? I can see where you're feeling that way, but I didn't get I didn't feel that way at all. It felt alien to me and um, not so we, heavenly. So, so where, where were they then? Because it wasn't a spaceship. Maybe they were traveling on their way to the alien planet. Maybe they that's how they travel. Gotcha. Like in Galaxy Quest. <laughs> well, we always think that aliens are going to come in ships, but that may not be the case. I mean, they could just transport themselves here. Just, you know, who knows? There's take lots of ideas. Uber. Exactly. Skywalker style. <laughs> Lift. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, and Galaxy Quest, that was a great film, Eric. Oh, yeah. Film. Awesome, film. awesome film. Yeah. Way better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, much different, much different, but yeah. Um, I must see. say the cinematography was good for this film. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt I felt um, for a low budget film, it it was well made. It, it, I mean, there was no sound problems. Um, the acting was generally solid. Uh, I know, Mike, you said at, at the beginning you felt there was a couple of issues, um, and I don't remember saying there was an issue with the acting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember I him saying that either. Okay, that's one thing I'll give this movie credit for is that it wasn't uh, it it wasn't uh, a poorly made film. It was just uh, it didn't hold my interest at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For for a low budget film, it was definitely not poorly made. It was it was actually well done for sure, absolutely. Um, now the question is, yeah, what was the film boring or not for each individual viewer? That that that's that's a different 
um, debate, but but absolutely, it was it was well done. Um, I, it was not a poorly made, low budget film by any means. Um, and for the budget they had, they used it pretty wisely. Um, some of the music felt dated, but that may have been intentional. I don't know, but um, I actually thought the music was maybe a little too much at times. It was giving it was omnipresent throughout the entire yeah. film. True. Um, and a little on the heavy handed side to me. And I, I would concur. I think that was the one thing that made me feel, feel or brought me back saying, Oh yeah, that's right. This is a low budget film was the music because it was overpowering at points. And well, I mean, I usually complain if I'm going to, that I think we're in the point where the music is just too subdued in a lot of films now. Um, the days yeah, of like true. the of the big John Williams score is a thing. So I, I kind of it's refreshing to see somebody maybe go the other direction, but it's hard to find that sweet spot. Uh, I know what they were. I, I think I know what they were going for. They were definitely going with that, you know, the the the, the weird cosmic synth vibe. Um, because it's it's a it's a story about alien abductions, but it felt like the kind of remember the time life series of unexplained phenomenon or mysteries of the universe or whatever the hell that was called. Um, oh yeah. 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 You yeah, could learn books. about the tombs of the Pharaohs. It felt like the music should have been playing over one of those commercials. Right. Um, or maybe, you know, uh, in search of right. Leonard search, Nimoy. Yeah. Oh, that was um, so, uh, you know, it, it, so I'm pretty sure that was the intent. Yeah, I think, I, I think right. they yeah. just could have, so, and, and I was really conflicted. There were times it was really working for me and there were times I just, I was like, man, they really, really need to dial it back a little bit here. You know, these are these should be quiet scenes. The music should not be uh, dominating it. And that could just as easily be not necessarily a problem with the, the music itself, but with the sound mix, you know, was maybe the music too forward. I mean, Eric, I, I know you were you were completely checked out of this movie. Uh, thank you for at least remaining on the podcast, we think. Um, assuming mm-hmm. you're just having your... <laughs> <laughs> but you're usually you're usually the music guy. You usually take more notice of the music than most of us. Um, was I there anything sleep. I didn't notice. Well, <laughs> so you found it soothing. <laughs> I, I don't. I honestly don't have any recollection of the music particularly. Okay. Now you did say right that you woke up and rewound it back to where you fell asleep. Yes. Well, did you fall asleep again? I don't recall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you remember when you fell asleep? I woke up and there was this weird colored misty stuff and I saw my mom. It was weird. Well, that's 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 when you woke up. Was it though? Well, that's what you re- anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to stay out of this, and Mike keeps dragging me back in. I'm trying to keep you involved. That's nice of him. Yeah, yeah indeed. I'm, uh, I'm hoping that you'll have something to add, as you usually do. Uh, I don't. Even if it's negative. I actually, I, the base off of Eric's. Uh, Opinions that he's kind of admitted it's it's not negative it's just indifference 
It, it, yeah, like I didn't I didn't hate this movie like I hated the scariest 61st. Uh, it just didn't interest me one little bit. Sure, sure. And that's fair. That's fair. Not, uh, every, uh, not each film is not for everybody. And that is fair. Um, let's see. So let's see. Uh, anything else, uh, Mike or, or Barrett, that we wanted to bring up based off of uh, this film here? Any scenes that we missed that we wanted to talk about? Well, we didn't talk about how when they're getting um, they're trying to get her out, the her aunt got shot. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how we, we seemed like we, a weird scene. <laughs> yeah, well that that was the scene that we figure out okay why she's in a wheelchair, and so maybe that's another reason why the aunt and the niece have a more of a angry um, relationship in the present than in the past because of that shooting because you know technically aurora is kind of sort of responsible um if we look at her more than just as a victim that was sucked into a cult um well and it seemed weird to me okay so it felt like she moved into the way of the shotgun and but her aunt still got hit so it just that felt weird to me and then the asian woman just freaked out and dropped the gun and ran so <laughs> it, the whole scene was weird well, yeah, I, I replayed it a couple of times to, to see what, what happened because it was dark because you remember I yeah. texted you, Barrett, um, saying, who just got shot? Because <laughs> yeah, it was hard dark. And then, I, and then it occurred to me, it's like, oh, it was the aunt. That's why she's in the wheelchair. So I rewinded it a few times. And what it is, is um, Aurora is not actually in the direct line of Mizuki's um, – trigger pull she's off to the side screaming don't you don't you it's me it's us and so if if mizuka is is shooting at 12 o'clock and the aunt is at 12 o'clock aurora is at two o'clock in other words and so it's not like she was in the way of the gun Based off, and and I I can verify that because I, I like I said I rewound it like three or four times to try to figure out who just got shot because it was yeah dark. I think they should have done that a little better like made it more obvious that she was off to the side because it sure looks like she runs in the way and then the aunt gets shot <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 I could see that if you just watch it the one time absolutely yeah um, and and that makes sense uh, but fortunately for someone who, like me who couldn't identify who just got shot. Uh, by rewinding it and watching it three or four times, I saw that. Oh, okay, she's actually two o'clock, not at at the same at new, uh, direct noon where the aunt is. Um, but what it is 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 yeah. So that's that's the thing too. Is is Mizuki uh, carrying the gun the whole time? So that was that would that would have made me uncomfortable as well. Being in the cult, it's like why do yeah. we need a gun? Right. What, what? You know, who were we worried about? Um, and then it's like she doesn't even realize what the ramifications are of shooting someone because she throws it down on the ground and cries and runs away. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And also, she doesn't even know who, who she's shooting. I don't even know, right? Right, I, mean, I agree. Yeah, I think she's just shooting. Yeah, I mean. And and she's <laughs> introduced at the beginning of the film as a, as our badass. Right. Yeah. 
and, and so, yeah, so I, I mean, because it could have been anybody that's walking around, you know, you know, it could have been, uh, maybe, maybe two of the cult members, maybe it's Tom and, and Natalie who were just wanted to do some, uh, you know, uh, in and out, out in the, out in under the moonlight. You know, it's right. not shooting people in, in the middle of the night. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. A, a little of the in and out. Say no more. Say no more. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that was surprising. But I, I did love um, how the father-in-law, oh, not the father-in-law, yeah, Tom's father-in-law, um, and he shoots down uh, a leaf. That was like, that was pretty awesome scene. Yeah, it was. Um And Dieter allowing it happen because she at least says, well, you know, go, you know, leave Dieter. Um, but yeah, that 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 whole scene, even though there's some some weird things and what was going on, and, and it was dark at points. Um, and like you said, the angle of of where people were standing when they got shot may have been a minor issue too. Um, that last thirty minutes or so, uh, both the flashback as well as the present were pretty pretty good. 30 minutes of kinetic action and interest, I felt. Um, it was pretty awesome. Um, but because originally I was thinking more like indifference to the film. And then that last 30 minutes was like, oh, yeah, this is a great. I like this film. This is, this is awesome. Right. But it's a slog to get there. And that's my problem with the film, which is why it has a very lukewarm response for me. Because, yeah, I kind of didn't hate the ending. Uh, I feel like I would have loved it if I was on LSD. Yeah, well, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Is that is that a lot of um, reviews I read said that 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 this is a a, a, would have been a great film if you if you were on hallucinogenics, as well, uh, (laughs) because it was kind of intentionally that way. But Mike, you do have a good point, which is even if the last thirty minutes we you would consider as awesome, you still have to slug through. 45 minutes of very slow stuff. And also at some points a little confusing because like you said, Barrett, the flashbacks back and forth. And and at the end, I just, I still don't care what happens to Aurora. I still don't care what happens to anybody in this film. Um, It just, that it picked up pace for me. Um, And that's not good. You know, I spent an hour with this woman in two different, actually three different timelines. I, I, I should care something for her i should feel something towards her i should have some concern about what's happening and i just don't i should feel something about the cult leader you know when she comes back i should either be surprised or or happy or angry that she's back or and and again i don't feel because i kind of knew it was coming because they told us that she was going to come back and i was pretty sure that surprise there really are aliens all along since we did see him at the beginning of the film kind of um, right. I, th- there was no shock or surprise to me either. Um, and honestly, Phil, you're a cheap date because they show you the alien for all of about a second and a half. That is true. They, they, <laughs> sh- they gave you a quick nip slip and that was about it. And you're going home satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. You're right. You mean the guy with the weird eyes <laughs> or the, or well, the, not even um, that. the, arm, the arm. Yeah. The yeah. arm with the claw. You get, you get the claw and then you see a silhouette, like a, a backlit silhouette of an alien and you see his eyes glowing. It's yeah. the claw. It's the claw. The claw. 
And I always wonder, this is my biology thing, like, I look at alien hands, and, like, at that hand, I'm like, does that really look like a hand that can handle complex circuitry, you know, that, you know, I, I've seen some people with some nails. Devices? I've seen some people with some nails when I go to DMV and other places, so, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they're not building spaceships. Just as a species, yeah. I'm saying, you know, it just doesn't <laughs> seem like... Like that that's really a, a hand designed for fine motor coordination. Maybe they have different forms, like there's other ones that are just, you know, they're they're dominated and they build stuff for these guys. These are maybe the warrior they, this is the warrior cast. Or or maybe they pick things <laughs> up with a prehensile penis or something. Right, <laughs> uh, um, right. Uh I, I did like um how when she tries to shoot Elise, the gun has no bullets, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" And then I and I, I was like, "Oh my god, it was Tom because he, that's right, we saw him get possessed in the four years ago, so he was in it in all along with the cult even four years later." And well, was I, so he I even that, possessed? Really, I think she just brought out his inner alien. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, 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 that's what yeah, I mean. yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. but, but that was, was I thought. Yeah, that, I mean, I when when I found out that she was set up by Tom. It, it, I, th- I thought that was just a brilliant, brilliant plot point. It was, that was kind of awesome. Yeah. And, I like that too. And, and also her not being familiar with guns to not notice that there was no bullets. I thought that was pretty good too, because you know, she never used a gun in her life before. And this is, you know, so I thought it was pretty cool. But it's also a revolver. It's not hard to see. There's no bullets in the gun. <laughs> if they, well, if they given her a 45, yeah, you right, know, right. Uh, Someone unfamiliar, though, you know, you don't think of those things. That that seems like a pretty obvious thing to check to me. But I was but at that point, I was willing to roll with that. That that wasn't even a thing that concerned me at that particular moment. Also, I I liked how Tom, when when she points the gun at Tom, you know, he's he's freaked out. But but now we understand later in the film why he wasn't like quote-unquote freaked out because he knew the gun wasn't loaded in the first place and it was all a prop because he was he was setting her up the whole time yeah so, so i thought that was pretty cool too i just um, think guns are so superfluous in our society that some people just think you're just going to pick it up and shoot there's bullets in there for sure well it you works know, in the walking right. head right exactly well, so right. well and, and also people people don't even know about or even know, oh, you got to turn off the safety i mean some right. films they show that but most films they don't right most films, the only time that a film actually has the safety is if they're playing a prank, like in The Office, when uh, um, Michael is in the middle of the forest and he may go insane, and Dwight has the the thirty odd six on him and, and he to to shoot him if he goes insane, and he goes, "Oh, don't worry," to the camera, "I have the safety on," and then he looks and it's in. Well, now it's on. <laughs> so, but, you know, that was funny. And Or the other time they do it is when they want to put suspense where the person fires the gun. It's like, oh, shit, I don't have to sa- I have the safety on. How do I shut it off? But otherwise, all films forget the safety completely. So um, it's. Yeah, like I, have a, I have a friend really into guns and shooting, and uh, he just gets driven crazy by the wrong stuff he sees done with guns in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so similar to like Dan, uh, your buddy Eric, uh, Dan, when it comes to law stuff in films, and he he gets flustered. So yeah, makes sense. Um, all right. Anything else anybody wanted to bring up? Uh, 
Yeah. All right, I guess that's it. So uh, we'll uh, give our final thoughts on the film. But uh, before we do, uh, we still have some time to talk about uh, what we've been watching and things of that nature. Maybe some news. Um, so it's one of the big news uh, I wanted to bring up before we even talk about what we've been watching is uh, 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 Netflix. Uh, <laughs> bring this up. Yeah, well, it's important for a number of reasons because the the main thing. I mean, I, I know they're talking about the woke stuff, and then also Netflix is is burnt so many people with series after two seasons. They shut them off, and people get pissed. But the thing that I think is really important is, and even Disney, they lost fifteen percent for different reasons as well. But the the thing is, is I think the competition now, like. Like, you know, how cable dominated for like 10 years because there was nothing else except for maybe dishes and, and they came in and took a little bit. Um, or, or like Budweiser and Coors and Miller and then suddenly Sam Adams and then all the microbrews come in and then market shares just disappear. I think Netflix now with all the competition and people are dumping Netflix for HBO Max or Paramount Plus or peacock or just hulu or whatever and and there's just so much stuff out there now that it, netflix isn't the place anymore that the must-see tv oh that's the series i want to watch over there because you know oh, i want to start watch star trek or halo i'll just get paramount or if i want to watch um westworld is coming back and you know euphoria or whatever tv show i'll get hbo max and and so on and so forth so i think the splinterization is beginning to now take over where there won't be a dominant uh, thing anymore. Netflix was there well, with me. Yeah, go on. I don't necessarily disagree with anything that you're saying, um, but I don't think Netflix's earnings report and what they and their and their loss of subscribers is necessarily a hundred percent on them. There's also this whole war thing going on, um, which by stopping service in Russia, that was 700,000 accounts. Um, and they reported a loss of 200,000 accounts. So that's like, you know, <laughs> do, do the math. Uh, they, they may have actually gained 500,000 new subscribers, but it just got canceled out. Um, but even if that's the case, um, I do agree with what you're saying about the dilution. Um, there's just too many services now. You can't have, yeah. um, even my, myself, I, I rotate. Um, I'm about to shut off my HBO max, uh, and Netflix is going to go shortly after that. Um, cause just, I don't find it productive or cost efficient to have all the services at the same time. Cause they usually don't have, content that I want to watch on all of them at the same time, or even if they do, I don't have time to watch it all. Um, so I'll rotate through. And I think a lot of people are starting to take the same approach. I think my concern with the Netflix thing is them talking about advertising and having that. And, you know, they're already really expensive. So anything with ads would need to make them cheaper, in my opinion, because they're already at the top of the scale. Well, that's so, their plan. But I, I think anybody who pays to watch ads is, is um, 
That's an act of self-harm. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. my, my suspicion, and by the way, we, we've talked about the problem with streaming services in the past and that it wouldn't shock me at some point if there's mergers or bundles that are offered. Um, kind of what Disney does with Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, and ESPN Plus. Uh, yeah, but they, are, own, but they but, but they, they own, own they own them all. That's, that's different. Yeah, it's like it's oh, like Marvel it's still, and DC. You're not going to have together. You're not going to have Disney with. Well, Mar- you do have um, now Discovery owning HBO. So, like, if there's you know the Discovery streaming again, that, channels, that that, that could be bundled together. But I would not be shocked if you start seeing partnering up somewhere of this stuff. And the ads, uh, the ads seem like a terrible idea. Not nearly really because of Eric, but I, people are not going to want to pay to do a thing that they, they started paying to get away from. Yeah. Right. right. Be, exactly. ads, it needs to be free with ads. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It's free with ads. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like to be is legit Tubi. because you don't, you don't have to pay for it. Right. So, but why do you want to pay for Netflix? And, and I mean, I'm doing that for, for Peacock and Hulu because I don't, I don't really use the services. It's all for my wife, so I don't care if she's forced to watch uh, commercials because I, I don't watch any TV. I, I just watch YouTube podcasts, and I won't bother well, talking about it, but that's what I watch. The problem with Netflix, there, well, there's a bunch of problems, and you already talked about a bunch of them. Um, but one of them, from my point of view, is that when they started – I, I've been a Netflix subscriber since uh, they were mailing me DVDs. Me too. Um, you were, and, you were you were getting DVDs while the podcast had started. Yes, yes, I was. Um, and initially, what they were doing is taking some of the titles they had on DVD and releasing them as streaming. That was how their streaming service started. It wasn't until years and years into it that they decided to decided to start making original content. Uh, and then they pretty much bet the farm on that. And while you still get some movies from other sources on Netflix, uh, their their vast majority of their focus is on their Netflix original material. And I think what has happened is that they're spending so much money on that. Not all of it is paying off anymore. Uh, they're going to have to do a real reckoning here on how they're spending their money how much of the money they're spending and what they're spending it on. Um, Cause they just been throwing like hundreds of millions of dollars at famous names to get them in under contract uh, for several movies. Um, you know, it's now the Adam Sandler channel. <laughs> well, there's that. There's uh what's his name? The, uh, I can't remember. Is it Ryan something? The guy who did Glee and American horror story. They, uh, they give him a bunch of money and it's turned up nothing yeah so um, they're just they've been flushing money down the toilet for about five years now um they've been reducing the amount of non-netflix material available to their subscribers they keep raising prices um and they keep canceling shows that people are into and all of it is added up to a tipping point where people aren't going to put up with it anymore right well and and i got my so you're also at a point where the, the economy, your people are dealing with inflation and decisions are being made and they're reporting people are cutting their streaming services. There's mm-hmm. too many of them. They're too expensive for a lot of people. And therefore, they're the first things to go. Also, um, a couple other things, too, is, is you know, uh, a lot of these companies, including Netflix, 
try to piss, whether intentionally or not, they piss off 50% of the, the population. So that pisses people off and people go off. Uh, and, uh, 50 overstating, but. You know what I'm saying. It's, it's, well, no, I don't really think so because you can say 50%, 30%, 50%, and 30%, 50% and 30. of the people are not going to care enough. I, I understand. That's fair. What are we okay. even arguing about right now? Bill's right, trying to bring his politics into this discussion. No, I'm not trying to bring in the politics. I'm yeah, saying there's a group of, of people out there that just get turned off about stuff. And, and it may not be 50%, but it'll be political stuff. Percentage. Right. And so they, 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 well, no, cultural stuff. They, it's not political, it's cultural. So some of them may, may drop off and they'll go elsewhere. Also, like my neighbor down the street, he actually dumped all the his subscription services and doesn't have cable but what he does is he now goes with Fubo TV which is basically like cable but it's just through the internet and I know somebody that has that he says it's awful yeah well he gets it because you get all you get like another you know 180 channels like you did when you had um Fios or or you know AT&T Fios or, or Comcast and he gets to watch the Red Sox and all this other stuff so he, and he's paying, I don't know, you know, forty-five bucks a month for that, and that's good enough for him. And and you also, and it comes with a free DVR thing in it as well. So, and he could just watch Walker Texas Ranger on repeat. So so people people go on that route too, you know. And 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 Mike, culturally or not, let's just move on from this. I you're trying. I understand your point, but you're you're overstating the impact. It's it's an impact. But it's not fifty percent of the population. I'm concurring with you. It's a, it's a percentage, whatever that percentage is. Right. And yeah. and the thing is, when you're in the middle of competition, driving percentages away for whatever reason is not necessarily a good idea. Um, right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my point right there. You you may have said it much better than I did, Mike. Thank you for for rephrasing it. But but I'm just I'm detached from those arguments. I really don't have any. Oh, oh I'm not. Be- I'm not. I'm not saying that anybody here is is into those. I'm just. We're just throwing out right. things against a wall. Why Netflix may have been. You know, we we mentioned. No, I think things after two seasons and people get pissed, or they raise the prices, or they're threatening commercials, it's, or they're blaming the customers, it's, right. it's all or for sharing passwords, right. or or in your or that case there where they piss off a, a certain. Oh people the whole password sharing thing i'm with netflix on that one yeah me too uh, if you're sharing a password you're stealing so fuck off you've, have, yep. you've got no right to complain well yeah but, totally but again they, they may be overstating that intentionally to say well that's the reason we'll have to raise the prices who knows they're, they're not i know lots of people that do that <laughs> and every time i hear from a friend that they are sharing passwords it pisses me off <laughs> Oh, oh, I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I, I just, uh, I don't think any of us have the data to know whether how how bad it really is or isn't, and and so as a result, there can always be doubt cast that Netflix may be over exaggerating. Well, yeah, but they're they're, they're, they're the ones that have the actual data too. Um, well, you know, they have to so show it to tell by IP addresses where people are logging in from. If you've got the same password being used in, you know, uh, West Coast, East Coast, and Minnesota, there's probably sharing going on. Yep. Right. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I just need to see the the data. Yeah, and they're never going to show it to us. So. Right. Because the, right. Because they, they hold all that stuff very close to the chest. 
Right, right. And also, it depends on what they say about passwords, right? Because a lot of companies, like I think Apple or something, you can use it for places, and that's it. So if Netflix doesn't have that software on their their service, where and so okay, someone one in Minnesota, someone in New Hampshire, someone in Iowa, and someone in Nevada for one account, that's four. And, and it's like, okay, so, you know, they may be brothers, sisters, cousins, or, or friends, or whatever. But when it goes to five, six, and seven, and if they don't have something that blocks the accounts, says, no, you, uh, you already have your four logged in, then that's their fault. But I would posit well, that then, Apple doesn't even want people across the country on the same account. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, but they, they, have, they have some safeguards, and, and, and Phil is right to the extent where uh, – Netflix could put a tech solution into place. Uh, and that's what they're talking about doing. And, yeah. and that's what's making people upset. Yeah. And they shouldn't right. be because they're stealing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it depends. It depends. If Netflix no, says, it doesn't. Have, you, you didn't let me finish my argument. My point is if Netflix says that you can have four devices with that password, I think then it's three that, actually for Netflix. Then, then that's not a, that's not a, that's not stealing. It's when they every when you give it out to twenty different people or twenty different devices, and Netflix I, have the lock in to say, "Oh, you went over the four. Sorry, this one can't log in because you have to just unlog off at another one before." You I can disagree. Log in. I think that just because you can do a thing does not make it not stealing. Just because well, you can and, log someone in across the country. <laughs> doesn't mean them using your account is not wrong. Well, and that all depends. I, I'll, I'll admit I have not read the Netflix terms. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. For letter for letter. So I don't know exactly what it says about that in there. Um, yeah, it could but, say it could say you can use your account and four devices. And that that doesn't say and, and it doesn't say it has to be from the same family and the same person or that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, Eric, I don't know what it says. You know, I but mean, I know like Hulu and there Shutter. Are people out there fucking stealing. Like HBO, <laughs> yeah. HBO, HBO is legit because uh, I have it logged on downstairs, upstairs, in, in my porch, and on my phone. And then when I try to log on to HBO on my computer. It says you already have four logged in. You please log off of one of your other devices before you can log yeah, on yeah. to the fourth. See, so HBO has it locked in, and so they're not getting screwed like, quote-unquote, Netflix claims they're getting screwed. Well, so, and I just looked it up, and they have a thing where they're talking about how they're going to make it so you can pay more for people outside of your household to use it. Okay. I'd be curious to know the definition of household, but anyway – yeah, that's that's a fair point too. Yeah, yeah, because what, what's a cell like a cell phone? Does that count? Because you know, I, I could go to New York well, City for a business well, trip. Do it by? Are you going to do it by location? Or are you going to do it by number they're of gonna, devices? I think they're going to do it by location. Uh, okay. Well, what, whatever they do, whatever they do, I don't know. But the way HBO does it, I think is is, is spot on, and that's why HBO is not getting screwed. Well, it's also why HBO doesn't have nearly as many subscribers. Well, I think actually HBO though, um, first of all, they're, they're locked in where you have to pay fifteen ninety nine because of some weird contract from years ago that they have to do it that way. But second of all, they're a younger service as well. And and when I say younger service, I mean younger. No, uh, I know HBO. what you mean. 
Yeah, yeah, because HBO used to just be a TV channel, and then it became HBO Go or HBO Now, which by the way, into- they recently updated their um their app on Apple TV, and it's better now. So that's cool. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I would concur with that. Yeah, absolutely. I I have my Roku. It's never been a problem. <laughs> Right. Well, it, it may be a problem to me or Eric if we we saw it, but but you, you, for you it's not a problem. I don't know. But no, uh, I've look. But, I've been with HBO Max from the beginning. I really liked yeah. it. Yeah, but too. again, uh, they 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 struggled for a while. Um, they definitely missed the mark for their subscriptions for the first uh, six several or eight years. months. Yeah, <laughs> has it been yeah. several years? I guess not under the HBO Max label. I'm thinking back to Go and Now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go in now. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so either way, either way, it's uh, interesting. Um, The whole situation. Um, It'll be interesting uh, to see how it shakes out because, uh, I mean, I mean, something's got to give. There's just too many damn services. Too many services. Yeah. And it's hurting everybody. Um, Like for me personally. like if everything outside of uh Netflix, Amazon, Hulu and Prime Disney, went away. Apple. I'm I'm not even like I personally don't care about Disney, but I know a lot of people do. So let's keep that one too. Uh but but like if everything else went away, I would not care. Um because the thing that's driving all of this is it well it's money of course yeah. it's money yeah. <laughs> and then all the all the services want to make all the money um so everybody who makes content is coming out their own damn streaming services so they can make 100% of the profit on the material they make instead of licensing it to other streaming services um but i think in the long run it's kind of hurting everybody cuz you like you can't get everything you want in one place anymore. You got to go several different places, and uh, sometimes you're not going to be the one they choose. Right. And I was but just looking at the numbers. It still, um, it still could be better than cable, though, you know. I think, but you also have to remember Netflix. Even when they're hurting, they're the McDonald's of streaming services. Yes, they are way ahead of number two. I also think there's a good deal of overreaction <laughs> happening at this earnings report. Right. This and, is the and, first time they reported a loss of subscribers in a decade. Right. Uh, that's a pretty good run. Well, but you know what? It has to be more than just the loss of subscribers because it was also profits, too, because the stock literally dropped 40 something percent. Well, that's, that's just like fucking ridiculous. Wall Street bullshit right there. So, uh, yeah, but if you lose that amount of money, you, you can either be taken over hostily or you could go out of business eventually. You know, so yeah, but there, this is a one time earning. This is a one quarterly report when they just lost a bunch through, uh, through, from oh, Russia, when they just, just yeah, just, so it is a bit of a panic. But I absolutely agree with Eric, and I think we've said this again for years: is that they are totally irresponsible with their money, right? They just throw money after money after money to get names and services and films, and never really cared a lot about the quality because they right. just figured at some point something will stick, right? They just throw enough money at things; eventually, they'll, they'll stumble into the next Stranger Things. 
Um, and now, of course, the competition is everybody is there is doing it. They can still outbid people, but um, but but they can't well, outbid not people this week. <laughs> but, 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 but I'm, but I'm just looking at the numbers here. They can't outbid original content. Well, you have to get the right original content. Or Apple put out, or Paramount put out better original content. But does it matter if nobody sees it? But they are seeing it. People are going. Are they? You have Netflix. Netflix has Netflix has over two hundred million subscribers. Disney's a little over a hundred million. A hundred million already? Oh yeah, they've been at a hundred million for a while. Holy shit! HBO Max is around fifty million. And you get to Apple TV is around uh, as of I think this looking at this this is going back to nine, to November. Apple TV is at about twenty million. It has ten percent away for free. Right, but, <laughs> right. But, but, they've but, got but again, they've got they've got ten percent of the viewership numbers but, but of subscriber numbers is Netflix. Well, yes, but, it does because no, if you have twenty right, million right. subscribers okay. versus two hundred million okay. subscribers, I, I there's not as many people much. watching what you're showing. Now, let me explain why it doesn't matter. And again, whether this analogy is, it, is worth anything to you, Mike, I don't know. But I'm, I'll throw it out again. Budweiser, Coors, and Miller, all right? And they're there for years, dominating. And then Sam Adams comes up, and boom, they, they grab a, a portion. And then now they're big, and possibly as big as any of them. And then you got all these microbreweries now that start popping up. And... It splits the, the 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 thing, and now Budweiser today, just like uh, a TV show today, that is now only twenty percent of the market for Budweiser versus eighty percent back in the nineties. Just as a TV show now that has a million viewers is great compared to a TV show back in nineteen seventy five that had eighteen. Million but if you're, views. but if you're, but the difference is that. You know, are they bidding on the actors, the writers, etc.? If you're an actor and you're trying to decide, do I sign that exclusive contract with Apple, which has 20 million viewers, or with no, Netflix you go, that has 200 million viewers? You, you, you go, who pays you more? Not necessarily, because it all has to do also with who, who grows your brand more. Yeah. You know, if you want, if you uh, want your <laughs> and, like, like, and also and and Phil, you know, and fan. Phil. I know I'm a baseball fan, and the thing is, the Yankees They'll and Red Sox can afford to throw way more at a at a free agent than the than the Tampa Rays can because they have a tenth of the fan base. That, that, when you have a tenth of the viewers, not you're true. not going to have the true. money to throw that, that much that's, money that's not true. at people. Because, yes, it is because the Tampa Bay uh, Rays versus the New York Yankees. I agree, but Apple. Versus Netflix, there's no fucking difference in the amount of money. Well, except no, no, actually, okay. no, there is because or, Apple or, has different departments that have different budgets. Apple is not necessarily going to drain the profits off all of their other businesses to prop up something that maybe they, isn't they turning a profit. They, they they don't have to because they, they they already have that. They have the money, Mike. They have more money probably than Netflix. Well, I, I'm going to step in here, guys, just to just to throw this in here. Um, uh, to a certain extent, yes, right now is Apple, Apple is following Netflix's lead as far as throwing tons of money at people uh, to try and get them on board, to get names to attract people to their service. And I believe they are. It, like I, I honestly haven't looked at the numbers, but it would not surprise me if they are running Apple TV Plus at a loss right now 
Probably. Because, like Mike was just saying, they, they can afford to do it because they've, they're still making billions of dollars from iPhones and Macs. Um, so they got the cash. And that's what Microsoft did with Xbox. Xbox ran at a loss for the first two years of his existence. Um, so will it work out in the long run? Who knows? But it is not a sustainable business model. At some point, the service has to stand on its own two feet. And I don't think Apple's there yet. And I think Netflix has damaged its own model to the point where it's not standing up on its own feet anymore either. I think, I mean, Netflix is a lot of things that hurt. And I think one of which is that they put out so much stuff. Again, there was so much crap. That's that's just not not good. It's not getting well. And that's the other thing about Netflix is they have so much content now. And you, nobody knows it's there. <laughs> They've got a discoverability problem. Uh, they, they, they're making all this content and half of it is like people don't know if it's existence. And I think that's a problem they need to solve, too. Yeah, well, I think the they're out and we've talked about their algorithms in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their algorithm sucks. Um, they stop getting, they got rid of like the likes. So you don't know if something's good. It just says, is this a match for, uh, is this a match for what I, uh, for what, for what you've watched in the past. So, you know, you've watched horror movies, so we're going to recommend that you watch the gallows. You know, it's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) um, and, and that's, and that's a problem. Um, and we've joked about in the past, but like, I, I, my, my, uh, you know, my mom just got Netflix and she, you know, it took her forever to figure out like how to find a thing. The interfaces are terrible because they're all done to push you in a direction of stuff they want you to watch as opposed to letting you watch the things you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do not know to search for a specific show or program, just browsing around, you may miss a lot of things. Um, yeah, true. like like Paramount Plus, you, you, you won't miss anything. They, they have it there front end is awesome because they have tv shows and then you go in and it has all the cbs tv shows that you want to see and then lower down they'll have you know just random stuff like from denmark or wherever like netflix does and then they have their live tv so you get cbs free so it's all you got there's like seven cbs channels and it's so it's like you have regular tv and then you have movies and then of course it's all the big movies and and the new stuff first and stuff. So, I mean, it's not perfect because, again, you know, do they have have uh, a Jessica Rabbit's film from, you know, 40 years ago? I don't know. Let me type it in. But the stuff that most people are looking for, for at least on Paramount Plus, it's right there. So why Netflix does what they do and why they push certain things they do, I have no idea. You know, even Shudder, is, which is a smaller service, the, the, all their new films, whether they suck or not, they, 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 that's the brand you, you can count when you log on that all their new films will be there and they're not using this weird algorithm to say, you may like this, Phil, because you've watched this. No, they say, these are all the new films. Here they are. And it's like, okay, good. I can scroll through them. You know, so I, I don't know what Netflix is doing, why they do it the way they do it. Well, part of the reason is because it started as a, a web page <laughs> and, and they developed it from there. Uh, but anyway, I, I would like to wrap this up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, would, I would like to say in conclusion that um, I think it's certainly interesting news uh, what happened with Netflix. Um, but I think people, including investors, overreacted a little bit to it. And 
I hope it is not the death of Netflix, but rather a wake up call to get them to start changing their uh, business model. And maybe sledge shows run more than three seasons. <laughs> uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, two things. One, I'm glad I don't own any Netflix stock. And two, I probably would have no streaming service if I was not married and I would only have like one or two like you, Eric, um, for the podcast as, as we need them. Mm-hmm. But, but since I we got rid of cable, my wife needed all the, the services. So I got like six of them. So. <laughs> and, and I don't, you, is it I, not just cheaper to go back to cable? It isn't. It isn't. Believe me, it isn't. Yeah, because Pam, Pam insisted we, when he had cable, we subscribed to all the freaking channels. Exactly, Mike. Which, which we didn't so, watch, right? But we, but we had them anyway. And yeah. nevertheless, you know, <laughs> it still ends up being cheaper for us to have YouTube TV as our streaming service, and then like subscriptions to Netflix, HBO Max, Paramount, and um, and Shutter, so, which so I you're, you're you're doing what my neighbor's doing, except he's using Fubo, but it's basically the same thing as you, a YouTube TV. Yeah. So, uh, I, but I f- fortunately convinced my wife not to go that route, so we can save forty, fifty bucks that way. But um, <laughs> but yeah, before we were getting cable, which was like YouTube TV or Fubo, plus you know Netflix and HBO Max and and Shutter or something, and then we dumped cable. And I just added Peacock and Paramount and Disney, and and my wife's been satisfied. And it's still a lot cheaper. So, yeah. Right. And there's certain things. I mean, look, you know, I saw people complaining on uh, the Shutter Facebook page. Like, why are they don't get A movies? It's like because it's sh- Shutter. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> How many? I mean, not to say that there aren't any, but, but honestly, out of the entire collection of movies that exist how many a-level horror movies are there well there's that i said do you know what genre you're watching so to begin with that's like secondly shutter is owned by amc and things like uh disney slash fox warner brothers paramount all own their own streaming channels so they're not getting those and then if there's a there is an a-list horror movie out there for them to buy they have to compete against amazon prime and Netflix, who uh-huh. have a shit ton of money, yeah. you know they are they are going to and this is and this is horror saying saying that so and I, somebody had a great response and the response was um uh it's like you know it's like I want to eat I want to uh, eat some good New England f- uh, food but no seafood <laughs> you know I want to watch right. a good horror movie but no B movies well no you're not getting a good option right yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Well, Boston does have some good Italian foods, but I see your point, Mike. I understand. Yeah, it does. All right, all right. So let's let's uh, get into our final thoughts on. Uh, huh? What about what uh, we've been watching? I, oh, I don't think we have time because we're at two oh seven now. No, oh, thanks for that. Okay. Yeah, we, we literally <laughs> spent, spent a half hour. Yeah, thanks for bringing up that Netflix thing, Phil. Appreciate. It. Yeah. Well, I was just waiting for us to bring up the commercials, so from now on, Eric could say "fuck Netflix." <laughs> Well, he he did he did uh, on on Facebook when I brought it up on Facebook. He goes, "Well, fuck, <laughs> fuck commercials." So he, he did, he did. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 uh, do our what we've been watching for next week, Eric. So keep write that list down and, and make sure not to forget it. Um, down, so, Phil hates me. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> blame, it, blame it on Netflix. Um, all right. So, Eric, you actually do another podcast for your buddy, Dan? <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a general interest podcast called the Scanties Podcast. That's spelled S K A N C I T Y. You can find out where we got this one. Excellent. And, uh, Mike, me, you, and Eric uh, do another podcast on the side? Yeah, we do. Uh, you and me, you, me, and Eric. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I'm keeping my 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 balls in the air. Uh, very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Cinema a la Carte. Uh, Cinema a la Carte, where we watch a uh, a movie that is not a horror film that we take turns choosing. Uh, recent films that we've done have been um, The Edge and History of Violence, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, We've got uh, three billboards from outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, so anywhere from drama and like Flash Gordon was one we did uh, to animated like Inside Out. So if you want to hear Phil and Eric and I discuss something outside the horror genre, some cases classic films, some cases newer classic films, some cases more obscure films like Stalit, um, then give us a listen on Cinema a la carte. Speaking of Starlet, uh, uh, two people uh, retweeted our Starlet episode uh, this week on on Twitter, um, out of the blue, and saying it was a great movie and the podcast was great. So yeah, that was that was kind of good. That came out well. That that's over a year since that came out, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. yeah, yeah. So weird when an old tweet comes up again. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a blue check mark too. That that one of them that tweet retweeted it, so it was pretty cool. It was some. Uh, woman from Palestine or like the Gaza Strip that has a blue check mark and she she retweeted it saying this is a great movie and the podcast was great. I was like, well, right. well no offense to the the, the makers of Stalin, but uh it is a it's not exactly it's not exactly a film that I imagine has a whole lot of uh podcasts dedicated to it. So yeah, if you're right. looking for one, you know it doesn't mean it's, it's not worthy of it. <laughs> but if you're looking for one we're probably going to come off pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Even though it is Sean Baker, Academy Award nominated, um, big time director that did it. Yeah, that's true. It's, 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 uh, one of his, uh, more obscure films, but, uh, highly regarded. So. Right. If you, if you go look for a podcast about Spider-Man, no way home, you know, you'll get 3000 hits. If you look up Starlet, yeah. you'll, you'll get a few. That's so. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, and uh, Barrett, uh, me and you uh, generally co-host another podcast with a rotating uh, group of uh, guest podcasters. Uh, what's that podcast called? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Um, we are in hiatus right now, uh, although you are probably releasing things once in a while. Um, we'll be coming back for sure in June, but after we're done with this Halo podcast, Cortana's Communiques. And uh, speaking of that, Mike, what, what's this Cartana Communicate podcast that me, you, Barrett, Kevin Letts, and not Kevin Letts, Sean Fox? See, it's a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cortana's Communicate is about the speaking of streaming services, uh, Paramount Plus, yes? Yep, that's right. Streaming, ser- uh, streaming TV series Halo. Uh, we are on episode four. We're going to. Be episode five actually debuted, I think, today. Uh, yep, Sean be re- Fox already saw it, and he said it's really good. It's the best one so far, he said. Oh, good. So, um, 
Yeah, it's, it is. It's yeah. I, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in a very weird place with the the show right now. I'm enjoying it, but it's not quite gripping me. Um, because it's it hasn't really kicked into high gear yet. It is telling a That's story. Why you got to hold your own balls in here. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's that, and you know, when you have, as you know, multiple podcasts going out once, and you're asked to describe the podcast. Like, wait, which of the multiple podcasts is it that I'm talking about right now? <laughs> so, right, and and as Eric would say, it doesn't help that you have to wait week for week for an episode. Oh, that I don't mind. I mean, I'm doing Better Call Saul. I've always done that, and I I always enjoy it. gives you gives you time, especially when it's a show is, is smart. If it gives you something to talk about, um, so the fans are all like in the same place on the same page, and you can all talk about well, why did why exactly did Saul wear that particular tie that week? Here's the thing: if it's if it's episodic television, I don't mind waiting week to week. Like if you're talking about like, for instance, The Office. Uh, there's right, not right. like some huge massive plot that goes on from one week to the next. Uh, but when you're dealing with something that does have a s- serious plot that just continues from one episode into the next, I like to be able to binge it. That's a fair point. Like something I was going to talk about in what I've been watching, but was not allowed to. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that next week when we have time, because we've been recording for two hours and 13 minutes. So let's give our final wrap up. on. <laughs> uh, Damn the uh, man! Help! Help! I'm being repressed. Um, so, speaking of uh, tonight's topic, cosmic uh, dawn, uh, we will go around and give our final thoughts on this film here. So, uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, yeah, this film was uh, really good, especially the last thirty minutes or forty minutes, I should say. So, if you can get through the the slow build up and whatnot in the first. Uh, act and a half um once you get past that the last act and a half um is is really pretty solid uh i liked it a lot again uh i'm into these type of films as mike said cults and grays uh those type of films um tickle me so uh i may have enjoyed it even more than the general purpose person but, uh, oh, no, I like the film a whole lot, especially because of that last 40-so minutes of the film. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah, well, I think that uh, in this context uh, that Barrett and Eric and I might represent more the general interest person. And, uh, you know, I certainly wasn't impressed by the film. I liked the last, you know, 20, well, last act, maybe last half, because stuff starts happening. Uh, we completely, really glossed over the whole musical interlude, which was just weird. Um, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, just was just thinking about that. It's it's an okay movie, and in, in, if you include the ending, it just is a lot to get there. And as I said before, if um, if this if this is a thing that appeals to you, then and, or you you just find it on a streaming service somewhere, you want to give it a shot, go ahead. But I don't think it's going to appeal to you for the first, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, 45 minutes or so at best. It, it's, 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 a slow, it's a slow burn at best. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Eric. Boring. All right. Sounds good. Uh, and uh, Barrett. Um, I liked it. I think it could have been done better narratively. Um, and I think I would have liked it more if that problem was fixed um 
because I'm I'm into cult movies too. I think they're they're fun and interesting and creepy. So that's how I feel about it. All right, sounds good. Uh, so once again, uh, Cosmic Dawn is a 2022 film, hour and 38 minutes, um, and it's directed by Jefferson Maneo, written by Jefferson Maneo, and stars uh, Camille Rowe, Emmanuel Cricky, Antonia Zegers, and Joshua Burge. Uh, the film um, uh, can be found anywhere you can rent films. It is not available for free on any streaming services at this time, but it is available anywhere films are available to rent. Basically, I, I did buy it for like six ninety nine off Vudu. Just yeah, yeah. Oh, I did damn, too. I bought it for nine ninety nine off Amazon. Yeah, I bought it nine ninety nine off of Apple. So all three, we see with this three I rented services it, right So there. thank God I'll never have to see it again. And, and <laughs> yeah, so so either way, uh, uh, three different services. So the, as you can see, with Vudu, Apple, and Amazon. So uh, it's available everywhere, and you can rent it or buy it, as we just discussed, because one of us did just rent it, as Eric said. Um, so uh, wherever you uh, find sir, the film. Uh, or have a service you can find the film to rent. Um, so um, if you like alien films, uh, cult films, greys, uh, abductions, this film may be for you. And if not, um, it may not be for you because it it is slow at the beginning. But either way, uh, that's pretty much our wrap-up for this episode. And with that, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about Cosmic Dawn. Come back next week. We'll have another topic.